Thank you for tuning into the City Church California podcast. We exist for anyone to believe in God, to become who God created them to be, and to build the church and our city. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the latest message from our Sunday gathering. We're going to go to uh, Psalms 81, and the title of my sermon today is Sweeter Than Honey. If you're married in the room, turn to your spouse and say, you're sweeter than honey. Husbands, I'm helping you out, you know. Just trying to help you out. It's my job, right? Psalms 81, 16 says this. But he would feed you with the finest wheat, and with honey from the rock, I would satisfy you. I'm going to read it real quick. It's a short verse. But he would feed you with the finest of wheat, and from honey, with honey from the rock, I would satisfy you. Psalms 81 is a psalm of remembrance about the journey in the wilderness, the space in between deliverance from Egypt and fulfillment in the promised land. So they're kind of in this space and he's talking about this famous moment with the children of Israel, which is at the place called Meribah. Uh, Meribah in the Hebrew means contention. It means quarrel. It means fighting. It means struggling. It mean, there's this struggle that's kind of insinuated by the name of Meribah. And what happened at Meribah was this, is that they started to complain again. The children of Israel, as they were in the space in between when God had delivered them from Egypt, they had crossed the Red Sea. God was with them. And they started complaining, we don't have any water. You brought us out here to die. What is wrong with you? And there was contention in the camp of the children of Israel. They were mad at Moses. They were mad at, their, you know, they were mad at each other. You know, like when you get mad, you're just mad at everyone. And you don't know why. This is what was going on. They were just thirsty. They were hungry. They were mad at everybody. No one was safe. It was a place of contention. It was a place of quarrel. So... God says to Moses, strike the rock, and he strikes the rock, and water flows forth. And so this is a, a psalm of remembrance of the place of contention, the place of quarrel, the place in between deliverance and fulfillment. See, even as the church in, in, in the book of Revelation, we are painted as the children of Israel in the wilderness, protected by the water, protected by the spirit. So we are actually technically between the place of deliverance from sin and the fulfillment of the kingdom of God. We are in the place of contention. We are in the place of quarrel. We are in the place of fight. There, this is a life that is not going to be perfect. So what do we do in the place of quarrel and contention? And he says, from the rock, I will flow forth honey. So from the most difficult moments in life and the contention and the quarrel and the wilderness and the fight, God says, I can produce the sweetest of moments. Over 56 different times in the scripture, the word, they talk about honey. Honey is spoken of as, as, as a commodity, as a, as a luxury, and even in Ecclesiastes, as a necessity. And to them, when they says, from the rock flows forth honey, not only are they remembering this time in the wilderness, but they're also looking at the rarity of the honey that he's talking about. Because the rarest of honey in these times was found in the cliffs. The bees would make their hives high up in the cliffs and when the summertime would come, the heat would come and the honey would begin to ooze from the cracks of the cliffs and dudes were climbing it, risking their lives for a little bit of a taste of that honey. Like, I gotta get a taste. 
They would climb up the cliffs. It would cause scars. It would cause pain. It would cause hurt. But it was worth it because of the rarity of the honey that they would find when they did, what they, you know, when they pushed through the pain, when they pushed through the quarrel, when they pushed through the contention. There was a rarity to the honey that they would find. There's a rarity to the honey that we find in Jesus. So what I'm talking about today is something that everyone's going to be pumped about. How do we find Jesus in the time of suffering? How do we taste honey when we're in contention? How do we enjoy God when there's pain in life? How do we find God in the place of, in between deliverance and fulfillment? When God's spoken to us and we know that he is good and we know that he is faithful, but we don't see any of it in our life right now. How do we taste honey? And right before this, the author says, if you would have obeyed me, I would have fed you with the finest of wheat and from the rock would have flowed forth honey. So that, so, that shows us that God can produce sweet moments and he always is, but we can miss it. See, the, the, the promise is not life without pain. The promise is in your pain, I will produce something sweet. But what I'm concerned about today is I think that sometimes God is producing sweet moments, but because we're so focused on the quarrel and the contention and what we don't have, that we're missing what he's actually producing in our lives. Proverbs 27, 7 says this, the one who is full loathes honey. He loathes it, hates it. But the one who is hungry, everything that is bitter is sweet. Depending on our disposition, towards God, life, and people, it can determine whether or not the bitter moments become sweet or the sweet moments become bitter. The determining factor was simple. It's, it's are you full or are we hungry? Are we, are we full? Full means this. It means satisfied or saturated. It, it, in, in Lamentations 3, it kind of talks about being filled with the bitterness. It's saturated with wormwood. We can actually be saturated with bitterness saturated with hurt, saturated with pain, saturated with frustration, saturated with, with, with regret, saturated with these different things. But whatever we are full of, if we are full, then, then we're not able to receive the sweet moments in life. See, when I was growing up, I always thought when it says to the full, they loathe honey, I always thought that meant I had like too much Jesus in me. Like, I don't want to be too full, Right? God, I empty myself. So I like didn't know what that meant. So I was always like trying to like empty myself. Like, God, I empty myself before you. That's true. But I would say the more that we consume of Jesus, the hungrier we get for Jesus. So there is no such thing as being too full of God or too full of what Jesus is doing. Because if you are actually tasting the sweetness of who Jesus is, the hungrier you get for that. So it's being full of something other than who God is being full of hate, being full of bitterness, being full of regret, being full of shame. These are the things that can stop us from being and tasting the sweetness of what God is doing. To be hungry means though a vehement desire or a craving. So how do we in the times of quarrel and contention in the bitter times in life, when we're saturated at times with bitterness, how do we reclaim our craving? and taste the sweet things of God. The first question is, what are you craving? You have to ask yourself that. What am I craving? What do I want? What do I crave? Proverbs 25, 16 says this, 
If you have found honey, eat only enough for you, lest you fill of it and vomit. I would say this. One of the quickest ways that we don't recognize the sweet moments in God is that we focus only on what God can give us instead of who God is to us. We become sick and cynical when we believe that this life without God is a life without pain. We have sometimes been sold a lie in America that Christianity is you get whatever you want when you want it and how you want it. And then when we don't, who do we blame? God. God, I didn't get that house, the one that you promised me, and I'm mad at you. God, I didn't get this and I didn't get that. We become my, like my four-year-old who always wants candy. I just want the sweet things in life. My two-year-old wakes up every morning, cookie monster, cookie monster, cookie monster. All he wants is cookies, right? But if I only feed my son cookies, what's gonna happen? He's gonna get sick. So when we only think that life with God is only sweet moments and there is no pain and there is no contention and there is no quarrel and there is no struggle, then then what begins to happen is we actually begin to become sick with the very things that God is producing in our life. So when God does produce miracles and when God does produce sweet things, we don't even taste it, we don't notice it because all we want is that and we don't see who he is to us. We become sick. Where the real truth, where, where, where there is kind of, where there is pain, what it does is it removes pretense. Everyone will know this. When there's pain and when there's pressure, we cannot pretend anymore. We can't fake it. So pain actually reveals where we are at with God. Pressure reveals where we're at with God. I'm not asking for it. I'm not saying, man, I really want some pain right now. I want some persecution. What I am saying is life will happen. And when it does, it removes in the ability to pretend. And we try to pretend, oh, life's good. It's like, whoa, okay, like something's deeper, you know. I'm good, no, I'm good, I'm good. Don't worry, trust me, I'm good. It's like, no, you're not. It's all right, just breathe, be honest. But we cannot pretend when pain comes. See, this is the problem. This was the problem in John chapter six. Jesus had just fed the 5,000 and they're saying, okay, can you do a miracle to show us you're the Messiah? He just did one. Like it's pretty crazy what he did. And he says, uh, this is the word of God, the work of God that you believe in him who he has sent. And he said to them, then go, uh, then what sign will you do for us? And we will believe in you. What work will you perform? Sometimes that's how we talk to Jesus. Okay, God, I, I, I'm going through another struggle in life, so what are you going to do for me now? What are you gonna, what, how are you going to fix this now? Because, you, you know, you really got to prove yourself again. And this is where the dissertation where Jesus says, eat my flesh and drink my blood. Kind of got sick of them, right? And it says the crowd left because, you know, that's crazy. He literally said to all of them, yeah, eat my flesh and drink my blood. You're, you're missing it. It's not about what God can do for us. It's about who he is to us. I would say this, be careful what we pray for in the place of contention. Uh, What comes out of you is really who we are. Dallas Willard always says this, character is not who you are when no one's looking. It's who you are without even thinking. What are the prayers that come out of us? Is it just always what God can fix for us and what God can do for us or is there an the sense of just wanting who he is and intimacy with him.
Be careful what we, because in the natural realm, what you crave, you eat, right? Unfortunately, I crave in and out quite a bit, okay? 10 years ago, it was no problem. Three kids later, it's a problem, <laughs> you know? I'm waking up, I'm like, I don't know who this person is. But in the spiritual realm, we become hungry for whatever we eat. So in the natural realm, if I crave something, that's what I eat. In the spiritual realm, what you eat is what you crave. If we, if we crave things that are of the flesh, and that's what, it's probably because that's what we're consuming. And in the place of contention, we'll show you what you crave. It was actually in the wilderness that the children of Israel were like, we would rather go back to slavery and eat of their food than be out here dealing with this. That's what they really craved. They were willing to go back to bondage and to slavery and to pain and to hurt because all they wanted was natural food. And God was saying, I am providing for you something that no one else can provide. I am protecting you. I, you see the pillar of cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night. I'm putting manna on the ground like dew and you can make it and you can mash it into food for you. I am giving you quail when you wanted meat. I've given you water from the rock, yet you still crave bondage? See, this is the thing about pain. This is the thing about contention. This is the thing about quarrel. God does not send it, but he sure will use it. And when it comes, it's more of a revealer about us than it is about God. See, the problem is we want to put it on God and say, God, okay, this is revealing of your character where God said, no, 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 my character is not determined by this because I didn't send this. Sin brought suffering and pain into the world, but what it will do will not reveal the aspects of God's character that are flawed, but the aspects of our character that are flawed. It will show us what we're craving and what we feed ourselves with on a daily basis. This is why it's important what we feed ourselves spiritually. This is why it's important because in the place of contention, in the place of, of pain, there is a rarefied honey in the cliff, in the rock that we can climb and get. A honey that will satisfy, a honey that is like no other. And it is Jesus himself. But that's why Jesus said it is a narrow road, not a wide road. Because to persevere, to find what he has, it takes a, 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 a spiritual perseverance and endurance in the place of contention, in the place of quarrel, in the place of hurt, in the place of, in the place of pain. And I think that sometimes we don't like to talk about this in church because it's kind of uncomfortable. But in life, when pain comes, if we don't understand that it's coming, sometimes we actually look for the wrong things. If we think life with God is just perfect life and I get everything I want, then quickly when things bad, when bad things happen and things don't go our way, it's, it's quick and easy for us to begin to lose our craving for Jesus because what we craved is just what he could give us. It wasn't actually him. And the second question we have to ask ourselves in the place of contention and the place of quarrel and the space between the deliverance and the fulfillment is, what voice fills you? So the first question is, what are we craving? The second is, what voice fills us? What voices are filling us? In Proverbs 27, verse 6, the one right before us, see, Proverbs 27 is actually a proverb, a wisdom passage of, of relationships. Relationships can actually determine whether or not we receive or taste honey depending on what we allow, what voices to fill us. It says this, Proverbs 27, verse six, faithful are the wounds of a friend, profuse are the kisses of an enemy. To never hear the voice of conviction and to only hear what we want from God is to not actually have a relationship with God. 
to hear only the sweet things. If God is not convicting you, we are not in relationship with a holy God. Let me put it that way. God is holy, we are not. So when you stand in the presence of God, there should be moments of conviction. There should be moments where God is saying, that doesn't belong in your life. In fact, there should be friends in our life that God will place saying, hey, that is not okay. You need to get that out of your life. In the place of contention, in the place of quarrel, the people that surround you and the voices that will fill you will determine whether or not we can actually taste the sweet moments of God. If we only fill ourselves with the voices that we want to hear, we may not actually hear the voice we need to hear. We could be wounded for a moment, but it brings healing, but we can have our ears tickled and we can actually miss what God is saying. We know that we are full when the conviction of the Holy Spirit is no longer sweet. We know we are full with something else that when God speaks, we no longer desire it. We no longer want it. God places people in our lives to help us with conviction, to sustain us and to grow us. The promise of something without pain is not here, but when pain, it affects your craving. And what you crave, you will fill yourself with. And what you, will fill, what you are filled with determines who you fight with. You know, ever heard the phrase, birds of a feather flock together, right? Like, why is it that in church, like the two gossips always find each other? It's like, we, we get it, you know? Hey, can we just pray for them right now? just going to pray, you know, they're in a lot of pain, you know what I mean? Like, and they just like, how did you find each other? You were sitting over there, you know, yeah, like in youth group, you always had the two perverts found each other. It's like, what's going on? How did this happen? The guy who's, you know, it's like, this is the birds of a feather flock together. Like, this is how it is sometimes we're in the, we actually have to be aware of who we're surrounding ourselves with. And in fact, it's worse because we live in like the social media era, so we actually put ourselves in the echo chambers of what we want to hear rather than finding the people in real life that can tell us what we need to hear. Because in contention and quarrel and pain, the worst thing you can do is just have someone tell you what you need to hear or what you want to hear in that moment. Sometimes you need a friend who's silent. Like Job's friend, the last one, he says, I have waited long enough and all of you guys are idiots. It's a paraphrase. And he says, but I cannot hold it in any longer. The spirit of God is in me and I must say something. That's the type of friend that I want that waits for the spirit to move and waits for the spirit to speak. But when he does, he does with authority and with conviction and with power and saying, come on, let's keep it together. You can do this. Don't run away from God. Don't run away from church. Don't run away from people. It's okay, but we can't surround ourselves with the people that will feed our church hurt, that will feed our hate, that will feed our bitterness. And then we wonder why we don't taste God anymore because what we have put in our life has now determined the output of our life. Because that's how Jesus works. Jesus flipped it all. He says, from the inside out, I will transform you. So what we put in will always come out. The thing is, we want to work outside in, not inside out. But it is actually from the inside that God begins to bring and change on the outside. And what we need people to do is begin to feed our spirit and our soul in the way that God has asked us to. And we have to be careful what we crave and what we pray for in the wilderness. We have to be careful in the place of pain what voices are filling us. If we are only hearing what we want to hear, we may miss what God, wants us, what God needs us to hear. It's the blind leading the blind, right? Like I, I, youth ministry is the funnest 
because the logic in the conversation is just not there, you know. It's like, love it, right? Like the, the kid's struggling. He's like, yeah, I'm struggling with fighting, right? I'm just going to like do something trivial. You just get angry. Okay, cool. Like who are your friends? Well, we all go to fight together, but we're trying to hold each other accountable. You know, it's like, we guys all struggle with anger. Maybe you should find someone who's like very peaceable and doesn't struggle with that and say, hey guys, <laughs> let's calm down. It's like really struggling with my purity, right? Well, they have like a group of perverts that are trying to hold each other accountable. Like, it's like, that's not how it works. But it's just, it's like, we kind of play the church game, right? Hey, I'm struggling. Are you struggling? Yeah, I'm struggling. Okay, great. Let's struggle together. <laughs> Thanks for struggling with me. So in the place of quarrel and contention, that's what we tend to do because it's actually more comfortable to know that somebody else is struggling with the same thing. Oh, at least it's not just me, praise God. (laughs) And it's like, okay, then where are we at? What we need is diversified voices in our life that can speak strength in the time of contention, strength in the time of uh, uh, of quarrel and and, in that space. And what that does is it brings a holistic approach and understanding that God is moving not only through our voice and the spirit, but also the voices in our lives and people that we surround ourselves with. Be careful who we surround ourselves with in the wilderness says this in Psalms 119, 103, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. We will not live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Are we seeking the voice of God in the wilderness? Are we reading his word? Are we praying? Are we spending time with him? God wants to speak. God wants to move. God is speaking. God is moving. God is working. The question today is does God, not does God produce sweet things in the wilderness in the time of contention or quarrel, it's do we recognize when he does? That's really what I'm getting down to today because I know my God is good and I know my God produces sweet things and the pain and the, and the persecution and the hurt, but the question for me is am I missing moments because I'm focused on myself? Am I missing moments because I'm surrounding myself with the wrong voice? Am I missing things that God is saying because I'm craving the wrong things? And this is where I'll finish. This is the last question. We have to ask ourselves, who is with you? So the first one is, what are we craving? Do we crave just what God can give us or do we crave God? Do I crave Jesus? Not just what Jesus can give me but who Jesus is to me. What voices are filling us? Is the voice of the Holy Spirit convicting us, leading us, guiding us? Do we have the right people surrounding us in the place of quarrel and contention? And the last one is, who's with you? It says this in Isaiah 7, 14 through 15. It says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and he shall call his name Emmanuel. He shall eat curds and honey, when he, knows, when he knows how to refuse what is evil and choose what is good. Emmanuel means this. It means God with us. Are we recognizing that God is with us every step of the way, in the pain, in the tears, in the grief, in the hurt, in the shame, in, the, in everything? Jesus came and he suffered and died so that we, in our suffering, we can find him. In our pain, we can find him.
This is a prophecy about Christ and it says his diet will be of curds and of honey. What does that sound like? Of milk and honey. This is the promised land. Jesus is the promise. He is the fulfillment. The fact that he is with us is the very fulfillment that God promised thousands of years ago that he said, I will come and I will walk on the earth and I will be tempted in every way and in every aspect and you will have an escape because I will have victory over it and it won't be about your self-righteousness. It won't be about you doing it. It won't be about your effort. It'll be about what I have done for you and in that place of victory and in that place of hope and in that grace and that mercy, I will pour it out on you that even in the most difficult times in life and the suffering that can come and the persecution that can come in that space, I will walk with you and you will not be alone and you can still experience the sweetness of relationship with God even when things are difficult, even when things are painful. And what is it that we only experience God when we get our way? Is that really experiencing God or is that experience a God that we have created in our mind? We really know we are experiencing God when life hits us so hard that we cannot do it in the natural. We can't walk. We can't pick ourselves up and there's pain and there's quarrel and there's contention. But the beautiful thing is the promise was that Jesus would be with us. You are not walking alone. You are not in this alone. And not only do you have people around you, but you have God within us. It is in this place that we actually find the sweetness of God. It's called intimacy with him. And did you see what it said? It says, he will have the curds and the honey when he learns or when he obeys. He knows to refuse what is evil and to choose what is good. Grace is not opposed to effort. It's opposed to earning. God is not opposed to us taking action from his grace. To be inactive from God's grace is to not actually know what God's grace is. It's all about a faith response. It is opposed to the attitude of, this is what I deserve. See, this is the problem. I actually think that sometimes the reason why we don't experience the sweetness in bad moments is because we think we deserve no pain. But if anyone deserved no pain, it was Jesus. He was sinless, he was perfect, he was in heaven and he came to earth and he walked the earth and not only was he tempted, not only was he broken and beaten for our sins, but he was crucified on a cross and he took the worst punishment you can take, he died. And it also says this, that the very wrath of God was poured out on him. You cannot have justice without wrath. And God says, I am gonna be so good because I am just and that is my character, but I'm gonna pour out the wrath on someone else who's taking your place so you don't have to experience it. And it's in this place where the more that we obey in the place of contention, in the place of quarrel, in the place of hurt, the more we continue to say, okay, God, I am, I, I, I'm, I, I'm led by faith, not by sight. I'm walking with you. I'm, I'm, I'm being with you. And in this place, God, speak to me, move. I, I, I don't know it. I don't understand it, but I'm going to just trust in your word. Guess what? The sweet moments of God begin to come. The comforter and the counselor begins to meet us there. It's when we try to take things into our own hands that we actually lose sight of who's with us. Grace is God reaching down and saying, here, grab my hand, I'll pull you up. All we have to do is squeeze, but half the time we let go, it says, no, I'll do it myself. 
I don't need you. And God, when I get out of this pit, when I get out of this pain, then we'll talk. And God, I say, no, 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 I actually came for the pit, for the pain, for the mess, for the shame, all of it. The band can come on up. This is where I'm closing. Acts 17, 27 says this, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him, yet he is actually not far from each and every one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. He's not far. He's near. He's close. He's, he's not distant from us. He's intimate and involved with us. In 1 Corinthians, it says that Jesus is the rock in which the water flowed. This is the beautiful thing about Jesus. He is both the rock and he is the honey. Because he came and died on a rock. He suffered. So he can now say, I am also the most difficult things in life. I'm there. And the sweetest moments of life, I'm there. He took on the suffering and he became the rock. That's what it says in 1 Corinthians. So the water in the wilderness was produced from the rock. It says, I was the rock. You were wondering who was with you then? It was me. Yeah. Are you wondering who's with you now? It's me. Yeah. And you're wondering who's going to be with you in the future? It's me. God is the one who is consistent. Get this, people do not remain consistent. How many of you can attest to that? Oh my Lord, come on. You can't rely sometimes on people, unfortunately. People are sometimes the cause of quarrel and contention. Sometimes it's family. Sometimes it's marriage. Sometimes it's your children. Sometimes it's your church. And you're wondering, man, I'm, I'm in this quarrel. I'm in this contention. I'm with this. I mean, think about Moses. This dude was a stutterer and he came back to set his people free and God was with them and God was protecting them and God did everything Moses said he would do, yet people would always just have something wrong. And Moses was just like, can I just get a break? Can I just, can you guys just stop for a moment? It's in the quarrel and it's in the contention and sometimes it is with people but Jesus remains the same. He is both the rock and the honey. And in pain and in bitterness and in hurt, we can find him. We can walk with him. We, 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 can, we can be with him. He can, he can be with us. And that's my favorite verse in the Bible is Acts 17, in him we live and move and have our being. We so appreciate you spending time with us. If you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California, you can go to our website, citychurchca.com, and click Give. Thanks again, and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday.